Welcome to the New Instructor's Playbook, Episode 3. And this is about the tips and tricks, some things that you should know that I've learned over the last 17 years as a corporate trainer and educator. And I think these tips and so forth are going to be great for you. Uh, Keep these in mind as you go through your career. Number one, proximity. Proximity is a really good strategy for emphasizing an important point. As an instructor moves closer to the student, the student will focus more on the instructor. Also, it's a great tool for classroom management. Adults want to be treated with respect even if they are distracted in class, like someone texting or talking to another trainee next to him or her when they should be paying attention. The effective way to reestablish focus on the learning is to use proximity. It's a subtle yet respectful cue to get the person's attention back on the instruction. Tip number two, eye contact. When an instructor uses effective eye contact, like with proximity, it heightens the student's focus on the instructor. It's important to frequently scan the room, making contact with all students as often as you can. Tip three, expectations. At the beginning of class, provide a brief overview about what you expect from the student and what they can expect from you. This way, there will be not any of the confusion between what is acceptable and what is not. For example, you might begin the class by letting participants know where the bathrooms are, and if they have to use them during class, they can get up freely and use them without having to interrupt the class. Another might be informing students to turn their cell phones on silent. If they need to take a call, they can leave the class immediately, take the call, and come back as soon as possible. You can also let them know that if they are unable to attend a significant part of the class, then they will not get credit for it and will have to reschedule. Make sure students know your policy on returning from breaks too. Tip 4. Breaks. I could have put this one in with expectations, but I want to single this issue out. It is important to ensure that participants remain cognitively fresh, especially when the material being learned is new or complicated. If a course lasts more than an hour, add in breaks at a specified frequency and duration. If a course does take a good chunk of the day, I like to give them a 10-minute break after every 50 minutes of instruction. This way, students get the break they need to cognitively reset, socialize with the instructor or the other students, and make the calls they need so that when class resumes, they are more likely to remain focused on the instruction. However, when you establish a break time, stick to it. I can't tell you how many times I've taken a course where the instructor drones on, pushing into their pre-established break. If you feel like you are susceptible to getting carried away with your instruction, have someone in the back of the room be the timekeeper, notifying you using a non-verbal cue when you have two or three minutes left. Tip five, pre-checks. Always make sure that your technology works. Ensure that you have a sufficient amount of other essential resources, such as handouts and writing utensils. Are all the chairs functional? Do whiteboard markers work? Do you need to move the podium two feet to the left? Is the audio working correctly? Is the image from the projector centered and in focus? You want to maintain the appearance of being a competent instructor. If you're fumbling with equipment or lack resources to do uh, certain factors within your control, participants will question your abilities and the validity of your training. So anything you can control, control it. Tip six, honesty. As an instructor, you are the expert in the topic being provided. You should know your course inside and out. However, there are times when a participant asks you a question that you do not know the answer to with 100% certainty. Don't be alarmed. 
It happens from time to time. When this occurs, let the student know that you are not 100% sure of the answer. Thank them for bringing it up and let him or her know that you will make sure you find out the answer and will get back with him or her as soon as possible. Participants appreciate your upfront honesty and it will likely reinforce the validity of the course. Why? Because your honesty also shows a sense of integrity. If you were so willing to admit you did not have an answer to a question that you were not 100% sure about, then you would be okay with providing instruction on topics that you were not 100% certain about, right? Probably not. So tip seven, seating arrangement. Before the class begins, visualize classroom dynamics. Will students be getting up from their seats as part of an activity? Do you want to be able to easily navigate from one student to the next? Is it going to be a pair, group, or lecture activity? Think about those things and arrange your class accordingly. I often find that the U-shape model works well for lectures and some student-to-student -student discussions. However, it requires a little more than room or excuse me, it requires a little more room than a traditional column and row type layout. Uh, tip eight, target audience. Sometimes you'll have the luxury of knowing your students' names, educational backgrounds, areas of expertise, other experiences and interests. However, it is not uncommon for instructors to have an unfamiliar group of students, all with different levels of aptitude, experiences, needs, and concerns. A key aspect of teaching adults is to recognize recognize that they come to your class with a large set of experiences and varied areas of expertise. They also come with an important question that you must try your best to answer. And that is, how will the information that I gain from this class going to help me? How can I use it? Before the class begins, and if time permits, greet each student. Find out a little about them, what they do, where they are from, what, why they're here. This information is a treasure trove of intel that you can get with minimal effort and it doesn't take away from your instruction time. You can use this information to tie in key points with relatable experiences. This reinforces the usability of the information. You can pause and ask a particular student to elaborate on a particular point that falls within his or her areas of expertise. Also when doing group work, you can better match group members. As an alternative, with time permitting, you could have a formal classroom introduction piece using a wide array of icebreaker activities. However you do it, be sure to make mental notes of your target audience. One point worth mentioning is that by making the effort of greeting your students before class, it can also help calm your nerves. Tip nine, classroom environment. As an instructor, your bottom line goal is to have your students learn what you set out for them to learn. One of the things that can be easily overlooked is paying attention to the physical classroom environment. Think about the things that you can control. Is it too hot or too cold? Is there a glare on the whiteboard? Is the AC unit too loud? Are there predictable occurrences of noise from outside activities? If you can control it, then fix it. Tip 10, not getting it. If you created a good lesson plan and have implemented it with a high degree of fidelity, it is easy to imagine all students mastering each objective by the end of the course. That, unfortunately, is usually more of a fantasy than reality. The reality is that an instructor must recognize that even the best laid plans do not prevent failure in every circumstance. It is very important for an instructor to plan on what to do if a student doesn't understand the knowledge provided. Do you have a plan B? Tip 11. Unruly plan. 
If you have a student who's being unruly, think about the effect it is having on the learning environment and take measured action accordingly. Have a carefully thought out plan on what to do for different levels of disorderly behavior. Is it a minor or major issue? Will it require immediate or delayed attention? If the behavior is distracting others, is there a way to mitigate it without interrupting the class to do so? If not, then give that student the respect of talking with him or her in private. The situation will dictate when you do it, whether it be during the next break or immediately. Keep in mind that you want to do everything reasonably possible to respect the individual by not embarrassing him or her. However, if there is a clear level of unprofessional behavior from the student, you have the right to remove him or her immediately from the classroom. Remember that your job is to facilitate learning, and part of that is to cultivate and maintain a vibrant and safe learning environment. Tip 12. Reflect. Always reflect on the things you feel like you need to improve after every lesson. Don't forget to think about the things that went well, too. It might be a quick and informal reflection or something more formal where you end up writing your ideas down. Try to be strategic with your reflections. Give yourself a mental acknowledgement of the things that went well, but put more time and energy into the things that could be tweaked to make the course better. Reflection is one of the most important attributes of an effective instructor. Tip 13, the cave. Do not develop an over-reliance on technology to get you through the instruction. Things happen, glitches occur, and the internet goes down. Be ready to carry out the lesson with fidelity when the use of technology suddenly is unattainable. Your plan B is having a method to meet all objectives as if you were teaching in a cave. If you can do this, you will feel more confident about yourself leading into the instruction. Also, think about having as your backup resources for yourself and for students that are not technology dependent. Maybe something like a hard copy handouts and visual aids. Tip 14, representative. You are the face of your company. How you present yourself will give your students insights into the qualities of the company as a whole. Make them all see how great a company it is because they have someone like you at the tip of the spear. Be sharp, be competent, be polite, dress well, and be professional. Tip 15, nerves. A mentor of mine once told me, it's okay to be nervous, just keep the butterflies in formation. Most people dread the day that they might have to publicly speak. As an instructor, you have entered the realm of public speaking. Remember that feeling nervous before and during instruction can be a good thing. It keeps you alert. It makes you want to bring your A-game. It drives you to be motivated and prepared. Take confidence in your level of preparedness. If you feel the need, do a dry run of the course in the empty classroom. Get comfortable with the dimensions of the room and the objects within it. If you don't have access to the classroom, find a place where you can do a mental dry run. Tip 16. Dry run. To be prepared as possible, do a dry run of the course from beginning to end. No matter how well thought out and well written your lesson plan is, following it in the classroom adds another dimension to things. The dry run can serve as a way to ensure everything works the way it should and has the added benefit of helping things flow better. As stated earlier, it will also help calm your nerves. Tip 17, wait time. The rule of thumb is give a three-second wait time for an answer to your question. Too often, instructors ask questions but don't give students time to give an answer. Giving students time to think about the question and how to answer it will encourage deeper thinking. It has the added benefit of compelling students to answer the question instead of relying on the antsy teacher to answer it his or herself. Tip 18, probe. 
Don't just ask for surface knowledge level questions. If the objective you want to meet has to do with students applying their knowledge, then ask students deeper questions. Ask them why they gave the answer they did. Ask them how they could use the information in a real world situation. Ask them if the problem could be solved another way. Tip 19, repeat. Key points that you want students to remember are best given more than once. Look to insert this repetition and summarization periodically to maximize retention. Last tip for you, tip 20, assess. There are two types of assessments. There's formative and summative. Formative assessments are methods used to determine what the students know from the instruction without assigning a grade. It might be simply asking students questions, doing a thumbs up or thumbs down activity, or a quiz without giving a grade. Formative assessments do two things. One, it lets you know how well students are learning. You may need to reteach something or elaborate further. Two, it lets the students do a self-check on their learning. Summative assessments are graded. As with formative assessments, summative assessments can take many forms. Often people think of them as a test at the end of the unit. 